Hey everybody, it's Danny. I want to say thank you for tuning in to the Heartway Podcast. And I want to give a special thanks to those of you who are tuning in from really all over the world. We're so grateful that you are a part of our community and that you listen in on an ongoing basis. If you've been encouraged by what you've heard, I want to ask you to share this with a friend. You never know the impact that one of these messages can have in another person's life. And if you yourself have been impacted and you'd like to continue to partner with us to keep this work going, Check us out at heartwaychurch.com slash give. Every dollar that you give goes a really long way towards helping us do what it is that we do. Well, we love you. Really hope you enjoy the podcast. Good morning. Happy Sunday, everybody. Welcome to Heartway. Very glad that you're here. If it's your first time, we welcome you. You are our special guest today, and you are family. I hope you've already gotten a lot out of the few moments we've been able to spend together, and hopefully now I don't ruin it with words. <laughs> How can you improve upon silence, huh? The peacefulness of just being. So my message today is entitled, The Effortless Way. And I'm reminded of a statement that Jesus made to his disciples when he said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened by life, and I will give you rest for your soul. Can anybody use some rest in their soul today? Jesus says, My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Very few of us know what it's like to live in this kind of lightness that Jesus speaks of because we're always trying to force things to happen in our life. Instead of flowing with life and all of its ups and downs, we kind of force things to go the way that we want them to go because we want control. And when we feel that things are out of our control, it makes us go crazy. We don't know what to do. Well, here is a very important lesson for you to learn now, and you will hear this over and over again the longer you're here at Heartway. Nothing is in your control, (laughs) and the sooner you can accept that, the better off your life will be. Some of you say, well, no, I know how to control myself, but do you really? I know you try. It's a worthy endeavor, certainly, (laughs) but do you really know how to control? I can control my mind. Well, okay, so let's just be honest and recognize the fact that this whole thing is out of our control to begin with. And when you realize that you have no control in some very odd paradoxical way, you begin to gain some sort of control that looks a lot different than anything you've imagined it to be thus far. What would it look like if we simply allowed life to naturally unfold in its own way? What would it look like if we could trust that there is an intelligence at the heart of existence, that God knows better than we know, that God has its own way of doing things, that the way of nature, the way of effortlessness, the way things are, are simply the way things are supposed to be. See, the reason why we force things is because we want something desperately. 
In Buddhist philosophy, they say that desire is the root and cause of all suffering. Think about that. Desire is the root and the cause of all suffering. Well, to desire is to suffer because desiring leaves you in a state of feeling incomplete. So who I am and what I have now is not enough. Desire by its very nature and definition means you're missing something. Incompleteness. Desire means there's something within you you want that you don't have. And so you have this unfulfillment within you. Okay? Is desiring bad? No. It's not a matter of good or bad. It's just a matter of recognizing what desire produces in you, which is a sense of lack. And when you operate from a sense of lack and you feel that you don't have what you need, that's when you begin to create psychologically a lot of issues for yourself. The shift needs to be, if I don't have it, I don't need it. So how can I rest into my beingness? How can I rest into the present moment and see it as completely and totally complete now? See, a lot of us have been taught that if we want something, we just got to go after it and get it, which is fine. But have we ever taken some time to consider why it is that we want the things we want in the first place? If you started to reflect on why you wanted the things that you wanted in the first place, you may come to recognize that there's some things you think you want that you don't really want. You just want this. You desire this because of the expectations that people have placed on you. And you care about what people think. You care about what society thinks. You care about what your parents think. You care about what your friends say. And so you have these desires to be something other than what you are. You have a desire to chase after something that really doesn't even come from you. You may not actually really want that. If you truly want it, okay, fine. But do you want it just because somebody else has it? Do you want it because you think by having it, it'll make you look better? And it'll give you some sort of status that up to this point you don't have? That it'll make you feel better about yourself? Why do we want the things that we want? Ultimately, we want what we want because we want to be happy. We attach our happiness to the fulfillment of our desires. So your desire is really just a means to an end. The end is happiness. And you think that getting this or becoming that will get you the happiness that you're longing for. That's what we want. We're all in the pursuit of happiness as human beings. Another way to say that is we're in the pursuit of God. Another wake-up call. The God that you are pursuing is already pursuing you. The God that you are seeking is already seeking you. So instead of looking for God, start to see everything as God. Instead of looking for a blessing, start to see it all as a blessing. Instead of looking for a miracle, start to see it all as a miracle. You don't have to necessarily search for or look for God because God is closer to you than your very breath. God is what you are at your deepest core. And so what you ultimately want and desire, which is God, you already have and possess. I'm going to say it again. What you 
ultimately want and desire in life. Because all of our desires are a means to an end. The end is happiness. The end is God. So that which you ultimately want and desire, which is God, you already have and possess. So when you live in that sense of completeness and fullness, that changes the way that you operate in the world. It changes your energetic stance in the world. It changes how you interact, how you see, how you perceive, what you do, what you don't do. The God that you're seeking after is already seeking after you. There's a story of a grumpy old man who lived in a village and nobody liked him because he was always complaining about stuff. He was always super, super negative about everything. People would walk by his house and he would have this grin on his face and he would cuss at him and tell him to get away from where he lived. Well, one day on his 80th birthday, people realized that this grumpy old man was actually happy. And so this created a stir in the village. Everybody in the village said, hey, why don't we go to this man's house and see what's going on? He actually has a smile on his face today. What in the world is this? And so people started gathering around this man's house. And they said, what happened to you? You've always been so grumpy, and today you're happy. What in the world is going on? And he said, you know, for 80 years, I've been chasing after happiness. And today... On my birthday, I decided, you know what, I'm sick and tired of it. Chasing after happiness has just made me miserable. So instead of trying to be happy, I'm just going to try to enjoy my life right now the way that it is. And lo and behold, I just became happy when I started doing that. <laughs> See, sometimes our very search for happiness is what removes us further from it. You already have all that you need to be happy. Because all that you need to be happy is God. You already have all that you need to be at peace. Because all that you need to be at peace is God. If you're making your happiness and your joy and your peace dependent on material stuff, well, of course it's going to come and go. If you're depending on the opinions of other people to make you happy and feel good about yourself, well, of course it's going to come and go. By the way, you know something that really helped me to let go of my need for other people to like me and approve of me, it was coming to the realization over the course of several experiences that there have been times where there are people who act like they like me, say they like me, and inside they actually don't. So you can think, oh my God, this person really likes me, this person really approves of me, and the whole time they don't. So you think there's security and other people liking you? No. We're masters of putting on a disguise as human beings. <laughs> it's the truth. So who cares what other people think? Because even the people that you think think fondly of you may not. So you really don't know. So it doesn't matter how you see me. What matters is how I see you. And regardless of how you see me, I'm going to continue to see you with eyes of love because that makes me happy. So I'm going to get really selfish about it. It has nothing to do with you and how great you are. We don't see life as it is. We see life as we are. So people who see life as beautiful is because their inside is beautiful. You understand? So when you stop 
chasing after what you want, you effortlessly begin to attract what you need. Your energy just brings to you that which is meant for you. Think about heaven for a moment, this idea of heaven. Why is it that heaven is bliss, joy, total and complete peace? Could you imagine if you were in heaven and you wanted something that you did not have? If you were in heaven right now, but you wanted something that you didn't have, would it still be heaven? How so? Someone said yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's you're cheating. You're cheating. You're cheating. No, the point is, the, you're, you're saying, yeah, I would recognize that what I want, I already have. No, without that recognition, if you were in heaven and you wanted something that wasn't there, would it still be heaven? Would it still feel like heaven? Right. That's my point. Thank you. Clarify. Yes. Would it still? Yes. Okay. Thank you, guys. We're Yes. Okay. Would it still feel? Would it still feel like heaven? No, it wouldn't feel like heaven because I want something that I don't have. Right? So it is our wants and our desires that keep us from experiencing that heavenly state of consciousness even now. Keeps us from recognizing that this moment is is full and complete as it is. The other thing about desire that's so tricky is a lot of times we don't even realize that what we desire isn't good for us. Okay, it's like when I'm eating certain foods and my dog Callie wants my cookie that I just got from Crumble. It's like, little girl, if you eat this, you're going to be vomiting and throwing up and you're going to get sick. And then the doctor's going to keep yelling at me because you're overweight. True story. But there's so many things that we want that aren't even good for us. But we become so obsessed with our desires, they take over to the point where now we're not even thinking about whether this is ultimately good for me or not. Or whether it will truly bring to me the peace or the happiness or the fulfillment that I want from that thing. Look at this proverb that really uh, stands out to me. It says, to the hungry soul, every bitter thing tastes sweet. See, when you're incomplete, when when you're in that state of lack... When you're hungry, when you're desiring, when you're wanting, to the hungry soul, even a bitter thing will taste sweet in the moment. And so we've got to be careful. So it's not a matter of chasing. It's about aligning and recognizing and reframing, right? Aligning yourself with God, recognizing that all that you need you already have and possess, and then reframing the way that you are perceiving your life so that you understand that, Life has its own way of doing things, and you are always exactly where you're supposed to be. So we don't have to rush to that next place. We don't have to hurry to that next phase of our life. Where you are right now isn't like in the way of where you're supposed to be. This is the way. Where, where you are now is not some sort of uh, detour from your destiny. This is the path to it. You go through it. You're always exactly where you need to be. Look at this wonderful statement 
this uh, man was a Persian poet, and he really uh, taught this mystical form of Islam. And he was the teacher of a poet named Rumi. And I've quoted Rumi before. A lot of you know of Rumi. So this was his, his teacher. And look at what he says here. When I run after what I think I want, my days are a furnace of stress and anxiety. If I sit in my own place of patience, what I need flows to me and without pain. From this I understand that what I want also wants me, is looking for me and attracting me. There's a great secret here for anyone who can grasp it. Big words. I've read this like 20 times this week. And it's still like fresh and new every time that I read it. This is a different mode of being. This is a different way of operating in the universe. But think about the strength in this, right? You're just centered. You're just in your power. You're just grounded in, in who you are. Understanding and knowing the completeness of who you are and who God is and what this present moment contains. And you just open up your arms to allow what is yours to flow to you. You live and you walk in this rest. And then it all just flows. I love in the Old Testament, there's a story about the people of Israel uh, leaving Egypt. And so they're in battle with the Egyptians. And the people of Israel are scared, they're worried, they're freaking out. And look at what God says to Moses and what Moses says to the people. Do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. This is a formula right here. Some, we, we just don't really have the faith to operate by this. Because we always think we got to do it. But look at these instructions. If God gave you these instructions, would you be able to do it? So just stand firm and watch me do what I do. I don't know about that, God, you know. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. In other words, keep first things first. First things first is my connection to God. Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God. Everything else will be added unto you. So you understand this is a theme that is recurring. There's another uh, translation of this same verse. That says, the Lord will fight for you. You need only to hold your peace. So where it says, you need only to be still, that other translation says, you need only to hold your peace. So you focus on what's going on on the inside. Let God take care of how everything unfolds on the outside. You just keep your peace. You just remain still. So instead of always trying to make things happen, what if we allowed life to happen on its own accord? That's the principle here that I want you to take with you today. The temptation is for us to take our lives into our own hands instead of entrusting our lives into the hands of God. But when you entrust your life into the hands of God, all that means is I'm releasing my attachment to outcomes. 
I am releasing my attachment to outcomes. Again, to desire is not bad. There's a role and a place for desire in our lives. But if we think that getting what we desire will make us happy, it won't. So it's not about whether desiring is good or bad. It's about releasing our attachment to the outcomes. Whether I get what I desire or not, I'm okay. Whether it turns out the way that I want it to or not, I'm going to be all right. It's a total relinquishing of the will, a total state of, of just self-surrender in that way. Another way that's helpful to think about this is to talk about the distinctions between masculine energy and feminine energy. And I want you to look at this chart I put together. By the way, I was talking to somebody at the uh, party we did on Friday, and this woman was telling me that she's been going to a lot of different churches trying to find her home. And, and she happened to come across Heartway, so this was her first experience. And she's like, I like this church, man. You guys are different. You got sangria. And <laughs> you know, you guys are dancing, and this is a different kind of church. I was like, I know. But something that she mentioned was that in most churches, she sees more women than men. Which for a while, I thought, oh, maybe that's just like at Heartway. But she said, all the churches that I've been to, I see more women than men. And I don't know exactly why that is, but one of the reasons that may be so is because there is this feminine quality to spirituality. And you'll see that as we go through this list. Spirituality tends to have this, this feminine quality. That doesn't mean girly, okay, for all the dudes who are like, man, what? <laughs> no, all right? That doesn't mean girly, okay? We all, we all possess a, a masculine and feminine dimension within our psyche, so it's a matter of finding the balance. Okay, if there's imbalance in any direction, you're, you're going to see the effect of that in your life. So masculine energy tends to be determined, assertive, logical. It's focused outward. It's about doing, acting. Feminine energy, on the other hand, is flexible. It's receptive. It's intuitive. It's focused inward. It's not about doing, it's about being. It's not about acting, it's about allowing. Can you feel the difference in those two modes of being and operating in the world? If you're just in masculine energy without being in touch with your feminine energy, you're going to be really frustrated. And eventually life is going to humble you. And that's going to be a hard one for you when life forces you on your knees because you think that you are God. Yeah, and that day will come. That day of reckoning will come. And this is for women, too, who think that, you know, I rule the world. Now, feminine, feminine energy, guys and women, okay? It's not, it's for everybody, okay? I'm not trying to, all of us, all of us, okay? Y'all rule the world, it's fine. Okay. Okay, now... If you're only in your feminine energy, if 
you're only in your feminine energy, you may be depressed. No, really. Because you're not like creating. Your soul wants to wants to create and get active and, and, and do things in the world. So to, to have this beautiful blend of the masculine and the feminine, that's the sweet spot. That's where you learn the effortless way, where you remain in your center and allow all things to flow towards you. I, the moment that I saw this statement down here by Lao Tzu, the Chinese philosopher, it just, it got me. I still have to really reflect on that and the fullness of what it means. I don't even know if I fully understand it yet. But Lao Tzu, the Chinese philosopher, says, know the masculine, keep to the feminine. Know the masculine, keep to the feminine. I was um, taking an Uber ride the other night, and the Uber driver, I don't know why he asked this. It was so random. I wasn't even talking to the guy. But he was like, he was like so are you more like on the offense or defense? And I'm like, I'm like, what, bro? I'm like, like sports or like what sport are we talking about, bro? Like basketball, football? He's like, he's like, nah, man, life. He's like, are you on the offense or on the defense? He's like, because I tried the defense and it ain't worked for me. So I'm just on the offense now. And so I'm like, where are you going with this, bro? Like, I just want to go home. All right. But, but yeah. So it took me a while. I was like, man, that's a good question. And I, and I, I, I think I understood what he was getting at. Like, are you, are you active or passive? You know, that's how I understood it. And I was like, man, that's a great question. No one's ever asked me that before. And what came out of my mouth was, you know, I'm on the offense when I need to be, and I'm on the defense when I need to be. Whatever the situation calls for. That's it. Balance. That's it. So know the masculine, keep to the feminine. Stay flexible, stay receptive, stay connected to your intuition. Remain rooted in your being. Allow life to unfold as it chooses to unfold. But also know when it's time to do and to act and to be assertive and to be determined in what you are here to do. But if you're balanced as you are asserting yourself and going out doing what you're here to do in the world, you understand that it's not always going to work out the way you've planned it to. You think you want your plan. You don't want your plan. You want God's plan. And God's plan is for you to be right where you are. Know the masculine, keep to the feminine. You get it? Lao Tzu also uses this imagery of water to speak of what it looks like to embody this effortlessness in life. Be like water. Maybe some of you have seen that Bruce Lee video where he's like, be like water. Okay? <laughs> Well, think about water. Water is formless, which means water is very adaptable. Water can take the shape of whatever container it finds itself in because it is formless. It has no form, so it can take the shape and form of whatever it needs to. If there's a big rock in the way, the water knows how to move with it, move around it, take shape 
from it. So what would it look like if you and I were less rigid in life and more adaptable like water? More flexible, more open to the the ebb and flow of life as it is. There's a story about a man who fell into a river with rapids and it was headed towards this dangerous waterfall and everybody saw the man fall into the water and they were freaking out, is he going to die? But then on the other side, below the waterfall, he was totally fine and everybody was shocked. Like how in the world did this man survive this? Look at, look at how like, fierce this water is right now. And when they asked the man how he was able to survive, he said, well, when I fell into that water, instead of trying to force the water to accommodate to me, I accommodated to the water. So when the water plunged me down, I went down with it. You know, when the water swirled me around, I swirled around with it. I didn't try to resist or fight it. I just kind of let myself flow and go with it. And I am now unharmed. That's the point. That's the idea, is to learn how to, how to flow instead of be so rigid in the way of things. Some of us are so rigid with our mindset, with our belief systems, with our plans for life. Flexibility, intuition, adaptability. That's the way of things. Look at this passage of Scripture. James 3.17, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. I want to bring your attention to the words peaceable, gentle, and willing to yield. Gentle. Willing to yield. So what the world oftentimes thinks is weakness, God thinks is strength. You would think gentleness is not a quality that this world values too much. (laughs) Right? Being gentle? No, gentle means you get walked all over. Okay, but in, in God's eyes, in God's vantage point, gentleness, yieldedness, is actually true strength and power. What we perceive as weakness is actually true strength. Look at this quote from Lao Tzu. He says, water is fluid, soft, and yielding, to yield. Okay, but water will wear away rock which is rigid and cannot yield. As a rule, whatever is fluid, soft, and yielding will overcome whatever is rigid and hard. This is another paradox. What is soft is strong. May he who has ears to hear, hear what is being said here. Okay, so the soft overcomes the hard. What is soft is strong. I love these words. Powerful, right? You got to actually like reflect and sit with this a little bit because it's a lot and it's totally different than what we're used to. Another proverb that's beautiful that illustrates this point. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. So this is a very practical example of how the weak way is actually the strong and effective way. Right? Because if somebody is coming at you in a certain way and you match their energy, 
like a lot of us like to do. I'm just going to match your energy, brother. That's what you're coming at me with, so this is what I'm going to come at you with. Get a little taste of yourself, right? Well, all you do when you take that course of action is make things worse. You prolong the drama. You prolong the issues. You create this resentment and ill will in the other person and also in yourself. I'll never forget these words from Byron Katie. She's my favorite spiritual teacher. She says, defense is the first act of war. Again, I'm giving you all the, the paradox statements today that don't seem to make sense initially. But think about that. Defense is the first act of war. Huh? What are you talking about? Most of us are like, they started it. They attacked me first. They came at me sideways first. They started this war. And now I'm going to finish it. All right? That's how we talk. No, defense is the first act of war because war takes two. You understand? So the moment, by the way, everybody who attacks everybody else thinks they're doing it in defense. This is the truth. Anybody who attacks anybody else justifies their attack by saying it's defense. So practice defenselessness. I no longer need to defend myself anymore. And guess what? If it's only one person attacking you and you're not giving anything back to them to work with, eventually that'll fizzle out. Eventually they'll get tired of doing that. So practice defenselessness. It's this idea of yielding, right? Whatever life throws at you, you roll with it. You go with it. Be like water. Be adaptable. Right? Understand that the soft overcomes the hard. And that's what happens is a lot of us, we go through hard things in life and our heart hardens too. Right? So all that we're talking about here is, man, yes, you're going to go through some crazy stuff in life. And it's going to hurt and it's going to be painful and people are going to mistreat you and they're not going to care about how you feel and they're going to misjudge you and they're not going to really see you for who you are. And we're, we all are going to go through all that stuff. The, the whole thing, the art is to keep your heart soft. If you can keep your heart soft, you can keep your heart open, you win. You win, you win. You overcome with love. You overcome with love. So... The effortless way simply means you, you are no longer imposing your will onto existence. That's all it is. To live in such a way that I'm no longer going to impose my will onto existence, but instead I am going to conform my will to the divine will. And what is God's will? I don't have to guess. This is God's will right now. And I know some people, the theology is different. I'm just telling you, for me, this is where I have arrived. Everything that happens in my life, I interpret that as God's will. I just take it as it has to be this way because this is the way that God has decided it to be. I don't argue with it anymore. I roll with it. I go with it. And because I trust that it's God's will, I trust that there is wisdom and growth and, and so much self-discovery to be had in and through what it is that I'm facing right now in my life. And if God is behind it, then there's good in it. 
I may not even be able to tell you what that is right now. But I trust that it is so. And one day God will reveal it to me. Right. So the effortless way is I'm not imposing my way onto existence anymore. In our world, in our culture, it's, it's all about the hustle and the grind. Right. We make a God out of ambition. And ambition, again, when it's balanced, when the masculine and feminine are balanced, is a beautiful thing. But we have to be careful that in our pursuit of the things that we want and desire, that we aren't like sacrificing all the stuff that really, truly, actually matters on the altar of worship to this God of ambition or wealth or power or influence or status or whatever it is. You fill in the blank. As you are chasing and pursuing whatever it is that you're chasing, you may be sacrificing the relationships that matter the most. You may be sacrificing your health in the process. So the whole, the, the whole flip that I'm trying to get us to see today is stop chasing after your desires. Chase after God and all that stuff will chase after you. That's it. And again, and even God you don't have to chase for because you already got God. But our words fail us at this point. You understand? But you don't have to chase after it. You let it come to you. Jesus in the New Testament, he says, look at the lilies in the field. They don't toil. They don't labor. They don't put effort towards anything. And yet these lilies of the field are dressed more beautifully than King Solomon was in all of his glory. So don't worry about tomorrow. What's the secret of the lilies? How could it be that they do nothing and yet everything is done? Again, it's no toiling, no effort, no labor. The lily is simply the lily. A flower doesn't have to try and put effort to bloom. It just is itself. And naturally it blooms in its own way. So that's the whole point. You don't have to be something other than what you are. You don't have to try to become something other than what you are. Be what you are. Your most natural self. Your truest self. And out of that beingness... Everything else will flow. Your life will blossom into what it was meant to be. So when you operate like this now, you're no longer going after the things that you're going after in life from this state of fear and nervousness and anxiety and stress. No, now I'm connected to love and, and purpose and meaning and connection. And that's where all true success flows from. And all of this conversation also should make us kind of rethink what we define success as in our life. What is success? Success for me is inner peace. Success for me is healthy relationships. Success for me is using my gifts to make an impact on the lives of other people. That's success. That's what matters most. One more quote from Wayne, Wayne Dyer. Wayne Dyer, he has a great book. He has a lot of great books that you should read. To sum everything we've been saying, he says, remind yourself daily that there is no way to happiness. Rather, happiness is the way. 
You may have a long list of goals that you believe will provide you with contentment when they're achieved. Yet, if you examine your state of happiness in this moment, you'll notice that the fulfillment of some previous ambitions didn't create an enduring sense of joy. Desires can produce anxiety, stress, and competitiveness. And you need to recognize those that do. Bring happiness to every encounter in life instead of expecting external events to produce joy. By staying in harmony with all things, all the contentment that you could ever dream of will begin to flow into your life. The right people, the means to finance where you're headed, and the necessary factors will come together. Stop pushing yourself, Lao Tzu would say, and feel gratitude and awe for what is. Your life is controlled by something far bigger and more significant than the petty details of your lofty aspirations. So I know we're going to have to probably chew on this more, more than just on a Sunday morning because this is a, a total flip of the script. But if we want rest, if we want, want peace, if we want true joy and happiness, this is the way. Yes, the Mandalorian is so great. This is the way. All right, let's pray. God, we thank you for being our provider. We thank you in this moment for being our all in all. You are what completes us. And because we have you, we have everything that we need. Help us not to be distracted by our desires. May we always keep first things first. And that is our connection with you. And as we chase after you, those blessings chase after us. So Lord, help us to remain centered and grounded in the truth of who you are and who you've created us to be. May we no longer fight and resist the way things are, but learn how to flow with ease and adapt to life in the way that it naturally unfolds. We look to you, God. We ask you to help rewire our mind, keep our hearts soft and open, and enable us to allow all good things to flow towards us. We trust in you, Lord. Amen. All right, everybody. Thanks for being here. Another great Sunday. Catch you next weekend.